Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm glad you have a chance to spend part of your afternoon with me on another uh, Chico summer day. I know the schools aren't really in session, but they kind of are if you have children on the in the online schooling. So I hope you're doing all right with all of that. So today on Business Buzz, it's a little different than the, the last few weeks. I have a guest live in the studio, and she's a returning guest. She's an author, and I'll introduce you here, uh, Giordano Lobisi. Correct me if I'm wrong on that last name. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so now since I saw you uh, a year or two ago on Business Buzz, you, you're still writing a lot, but now you're actually um, doing a lot of magazine writing. Is that true? Oh, yeah, a lot. And are, that you, that's something you do every day, right? Every day. Um, I spend up to eight hours, 10 hours writing a day. Wow. And that's in addition to having a day job. That's right. That uh, really pays the bills, right? Mm-hmm, that's correct. And so now the writing that you were doing... You were a campfire victim in 2018, is that right? Yes. And so you have been, um, the writing you were doing then is still ongoing, but you've added quite a few in. So let's go do a little bit of background. Uh, Tell us about your writing experience and when you started doing these, because you write a lot about music and the entertainment industry. Yes. So tell us about how you started in that. And then we'll catch up with what all the stuff that's going on uh, right now. Okay. Um, so I started writing about artists back in 2015 for a magazine called Gold Star. And I, within a couple months, I took on about 95% of the magazine. And within a year, I had a following of rock and roll fans um, and artists that were coming to me to write for them. And the magazine was more of an R&B magazine. So we branched off and we started um, Gold Star Rocks. And that went super well. I did that for two years. And then, excuse me, and then now I'm doing two other magazines. And the two other magazines are Gold... um, Rock and Research Magazine and Chains Required Metal Magazine. So two other magazines. So, and are these print magazines or online or both? They're both. So you can um, look them up by their name. So Chains Required Metal Magazine or Rock and Research Magazine. And once you get there, um, the links or the PDF files are there. You click on them. It leads you to MagCloud. At MagCloud, you can go ahead and you can order it in digital or in print. Wow, that's pretty good. So, oh, yeah. So when you're when you're writing, uh, your are you do these end up? Does like an article you write end up in both of those magazines, or do you segregate those? It does, um, but I choose different models, um, and a little bit of, of some of the article articles are slightly different. One is more metal, so maybe I'll have a model on a motorcycle. Um, in the other one, Rock and Research, will have a more conservative model. So I try to keep it consistent with the subject matter. Right. And so you, when it's called Rock and Research, you do a lot of research oh, before yeah. you do your, inter- you do a lot of interviews, right? Yes. 
So you do a lot of research on these artists before you've interviewed them? Oh, yeah. Um, And then I also do one to two really well-researched articles per month. So maybe it's on chemtrailing, maybe it's on soil and water testing, uh, maybe it's something about the current political situation. Oh, things of that nature. Okay, so not not only interviews, but mm-hmm. regular. regular journalism also. That's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, you probably spend a lot of time on your own computer for this. Oh yeah. So you end up. <laughs> so if you do a lot of writing every day, how do you mix that with your regular job? Because a lot of people, when they talk mm-hmm. about going into business, and me being a CPA, I help them, and I always tell them, well, you have to do both for a while when you're doing a second job. So mm-hmm. how do you handle it? Do you, do you, are you, do you set yourself a schedule? Do you get uh, strict? Yes. I'm pretty disciplined. Uh, from the point I get up, I have everything timed. I'm a, a multitasker. Right. And I'm, I'm uh, busy all the way through the day. When I drive home, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do and how much time I have from the time I walk in the door to sitting down and actually getting started. That can be anywhere from, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. till about 2 o'clock in the morning, pretty regularly. Right. So you, mm-hmm. you're you probably the type who goes on less sleep than the average person. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. But it's nice to, you know, also have a full-time job so you don't have to, you know, really be nervous about if something changes or right. if a magazine switches direction mm-hmm. or something. Well, these days you you have to. Um, you have to have something to fall back on. You know, benefits are really important for a 1K. You can purchase your own, but it's also great to get out and um, interact with people too. Right. So. Yeah, and I notice in the real world, uh, and I met you through my writing club also, but there's very few people who really do a full-time writing career, especially these days, you know, with all the Uh internet, people writing for fun or for blogs and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, it's just so much competition. It'd be hard to be full time Uh just writing. I would love to have a full publication house with many different types of magazines in it. Right. Um, I'm also doing the before 1904 vintage houses and that one, um, really is about, um, has homes that are before 1904 and um, I, I love architecture. What stage so. are you at in that project? Oh, that one's almost complete. Oh, so it's a going to be a picture book, a book yes. mainly with photography? Of little towns, the old houses in little towns. Oh, so wow. So why did we, or why did you pick uh, 1904? Is there a significance to that? I've always loved Victorian houses. And then when I started um, really studying the architecture, then I got into liking um, uh, different uh, types of homes, such as craftsmen um, and, and all kinds of different um, unique features to the homes, the columns, um, the crown molding, things of that nature. So right. I thought this might be a really good visual book. It's a little bit different than what I normally do, so... So are yeah. you the photographer? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I do it all. Yeah, that's... Uh, now, do you also do photography for your magazine articles? Yes. Um, a lot of times I'll go 
and I'll find the photographer. If I really like a photo, I'll go find the photographer who took it, contact him, get permission to use it. Or I'll contact the artist, set up um, studio time wherever they're at, have them meet me there and take the photos myself. Well, that's that's interesting because uh, are you familiar with the White House on Highway 99 near Winco? Yes. That's my great-great-grandfather's mm-hmm. house. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It has nothing to do with me, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> but th- that was, my dad actually visited that house when he was a little kid, uh-huh. and his great-grandmother was still alive. Oh, it, it's an old Little John crazy. residence, but they supposedly lost it all in the Depression. So oh, there's, you know, yeah, not that's... not a lot left. But what's interesting is parallel to 99 uh, behind there mm-hmm. is a street called Little John Road. Oh, yeah. Because they develop houses there. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a relative, but it's not really directly related. But it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, uh... So... Now, I was a journalist in uh, high school. I was on my high school paper, and I did photography, and I especially liked doing concerts and rock music mm-hmm. in the early 70s when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And I did a little bit of writing, but, I mean, how do you approach an article like, um, we'll talk about some of the people you you've interviewed lately, but how do you lay out the interview you're going to do? I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Um, Let's say you don't know this person yet. Right. So the magazines will contain, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. The magazines usually contain one main artist, um, a couple indies, and uh, maybe a tribute cover band, um, and then models, and then the researched piece or pieces. And um, usually what I'll do is I'll make a list of different people I'm interested in, and then I'll cast my fishing lines. Right. And um, you always have to have them in the water. Right. timing is different for different people. People are busy all the time, um, and it depends on who it works out with. And then I scratch them off my list, um, and then I move on to the next. And I always have people in a constant rotation. That way I'm... I'm always. You've uh, always got busy, one in the in consistent. the works and one you can right. finish and all it's that. It's consistent, right? Mm-hmm. That's real interesting because I'm missing all the cover bands that I used to go see. Oh yeah. So are they all kind of working more in the studio now? I mean, cover bands don't make a lot of money other than playing live. That's so correct. what are they all doing right now? That's correct. Um, you know, it's funny you said that because in this month's issue of both magazines, um, what I did was I, I wrote, um, well, years ago, back in 2016, I wrote an article called the, called the Decline of the Music Industry. And it really um, went through all the years from the 60s to uh, 2015 as to what happened and broke it down. And it contained major artist contribution to that, too as to why they think it's failed. And then, um, I, you know, the magazine, I, I may, you know, it's, I, it's ironic because here I am with the music magazine and I'm saying it's declining. So I went back and had to relook at it. And, um, because of COVID-19, I, uh, I did an update on it. And in the two issues that precedes that, and I all contacted some of the original people that I interviewed for those and got their feedback now 
And a lot of them are in studio creating some really, really good work. So this has actually been a good time for artists to kind of step back, reevaluate. And a lot of them are live streaming. They're becoming more technologically savvy. And uh, they have a better business sense. They're becoming more connected with their fans, too. Right. Back in the 70s, you could never touch the artist. Right. You know, you had a million people to go to. Right. To go through to get to them. Nowadays, you can Facebook them, instant message them. Right. A lot different. Yeah. And with the late, lately, it seems like even the big name bands before the virus problem would be out playing live a lot more because they're not making money with record sales. That's right. And I just read an article lately about Spotify, which is one of the big ones that Uh people play music from. Yes. And I was reading an article where the musicians, unless they're really big, they don't get much money from Spotify because they have to have so many listens to earn a few pennies. That's correct. That it's not really fair Mm -hmm. to them either. So without live music and giant royalties, a lot of these musicians might, if this thing goes on too long, they might Mm -hmm. not make it financially. That's my feeling. That's correct. Um, You know, a lot of people argue whether or not this whole decline started in the 70s um, with the advent of the CD, Um, the tape recorder, excuse me, because when people started tape recording, they started sharing those and stealing or taking things off of the radio rather than going out and buying them. Right. The file sharing. Right. So that's... Right, it started with cassettes. That's right. Right. And um, so, so yes, you are seeing a lot of that happen even up to today, and that's why the artists are struggling so much, and they do have to work a full-time job as well as... You know, try to make it out there. It's right. a struggle with right. anything you do. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So we're going to come up on that first break. Uh, stay tuned to Business Buzz. We'll be right back with Jordana Lobisi. And we're going to talk some more music, writing, and photography business. Stay tuned. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Joy is an attitude of faith in the Lord that celebrates His greatness and glory. Make today a joyful day by feeding your heart with God's Word. Take in solid Bible teaching and live it out by God's power. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, and I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week at 10 a.m. on Saturday or on Sunday at 10 a.m. Both messages are identical, so pick the day that fits your schedule best. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word. This message reaches a million people or more every week. Spreading the gospel is more than one voice speaking to a million. It is and must continue to be a million voices, each speaking to one, pointing them to our friend Jesus. The Lutheran Hour with Dr. Michael Ziegler. The Lutheran Hour, Saturday and Sunday at 1.30, here on KKXX. 
Ever wonder how long the stuff you buy for your home will last? This is Danny Lipford with tips for today's homeowner. Stay tuned and we'll talk about the numbers and why they're important right after this. Fall means cookies baking in your oven, a fresh outfit tumbling in your dryer, and afternoon snacks in your fridge. Get the appliances you want with the Home Depot and save up to 40% on select appliances. Save on an LG top freezer refrigerator, just 648 bucks, and get select new appliances delivered free. Make the most of fall with the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Free delivery on purchases $396 or more valid through September 16th, Continental U.S. only. Knowing how long something will last has a big impact on what you buy, when you buy, and how much you are willing to spend. With that in mind, listen to what the experts say about the life expectancy of some of the things around your home. A wood deck should last about 15 years. A wood fence, up to 12. An asphalt driveway averages 30 years. A central air conditioner should make it around 17 years, while a window unit will only last 10. Washers and dryers are good for about 13 to 14 years. New microwaves will run about 10 years while ranges, both gas and electric, usually keep going for around 15 years. So before your next big improvement, think about the numbers, prioritize your needs, and make a sound choice. I'm Danny Lipford with Tips for Today's Homeowner. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, and we're here with Jordana Lobisi. She's a, a writer, a photographer, and a, a very uh, creative type person. She works a lot more hours, I think, than even I do. And how did you get started with your writing? Were you young? Was it during school time that you got a bug, or how did that work? I was actually in high school, and I won a poetry contest, and it was a poem that I wrote about child abuse. Um, I wasn't abused. Let's just make that clear. But um, I did, I was sensitive to the issue and wrote a, a poem and had no idea um, it was going to place first, and that was the very beginning. And um, in college, I was a writer and an English major, court reporting major, and um, I found that that wasn't creative enough. The law is not creative. Now, you me, were a court reporter? I was a court reporter for many years in oh. federal court. Wow. Yes. That must be interesting. It gives you, you learn a lot. You get a lot of discipline from it. And I think that that's been beneficial with my writing career. When, you court, or when you're a court reporter, you use shorthand on those dictating yes. machines? Yes. There's two sides in the machine. There's a left and a right. It's done... Uh, by phonetics, the bottom it, or is the uh, the vowels. And how long does it take to learn how to do that? Oh, gosh, depends on the person. It took me uh, got three to four years in college, graduated top of my class. Is there some kind of certification to be a court reporter? Yes. I mean, not anybody could do that. No, correct. You have to pass a state test, and if you want to work in federal court, you have to pass a federal test, which is what I did. Wow. Yeah. Now, do you also then, you're sitting there during everything, right? You hear, you're writing down all the testimonies? Verbatim. Now, what about the modern day with videos and everything? They don't let that replace 
court reporting to this day, do they? They try that, but still somebody has to type it. Right. I mean, they still need a written record of everything. Somebody still has to sit and type it. Because I know like doctors that used to have dictated stuff Mm -hmm. would have someone doing that type Uh of work. But now I think a lot of theirs are done by recordings because it's not as official as a courtroom. Well, now they have smart technology where it can pick up on an error. But the problem is, let's say you have two, 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 and two, T-O-O, T-O, T-W-O, or the numerical two. Well, which is it? Right. And you have to make sure that you indicate it, iliac and iliac. Is it the (laughs) the the neck or is it the crest and the abdomen? Right. Wow. So So where, where did you go to school when you got that? Court reporting. I started out going to um, a college, a Skyline College uh, in the um, south of San Francisco. And then I stopped doing that, worked a lot. And then I went back to school and I graduated with six certificates, specialized certificates, uh, 3.98 GPA, top of my class in the court reporting program uh, from West Valley College, Saratoga. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Okay, so now let's, uh, I'm curious, like, um, who are some of the people you're interviewing lately in your the articles? And uh, like I say, if they, if uh, listeners go to Rock and Research Magazine, that'll take them to a Facebook page. Yes. And they'll see these articles in these magazines. Absolutely. Right? They yeah. can also look at my name and they can see um, the articles that I've written if they care to do it that way too. Right. And uh, and her last name is spelled L O B E S E. So so let, let's talk about some of the people you've been working with lately. Tell us about some of those articles. Okay. Um, so the two magazines that I just came out with. Um, it's also going to be published in a third magazine called Gold Star Rocks, and then um, it was just published uh, yesterday in Backstage Three Sixty. Um, the owner of that magazine worked for Rolling Stone for many, many years, puts together the publication and it's a digital publication and they picked up, um, uh, autograph Steve, Steve Lynch. Um, he just came out with his own autobiography, Liliac, which is a group of, um, uh, I would say thir- if I can remember correctly, 13 or 15 year olds up to uh, 21 year olds. And it's a family of musicians uh, three boys, two girls, and the the girl Melody. She sounds very similar to Ronnie James Dio. So they're all brothers and sisters. Oh yeah, all five. Excellent. And they picked that story up as well. And then um, I just did the uh, article for Jack Russell, Robbie Lochner, and friends. And of course, we know that Jack Russell's Jack Russell's Great White. So. Right, Great White, which was a '80s band mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a great writer. Wow. And so did they have a few songs that they wrote? Because I remember one of their hits was a cover song. Yes. And um, he they they split and then... He I, sort of started his own Great White. That's right. A little different from the he, original band. Yes. Right. He, he took over and, and got together some great musicians. Right. And now they have a couple musicians that um, are also from Sacramento and L.A., in their band. Oh, Jack great. Russell's great white. Where's Jack Russell's hometown? 
Uh, he, gosh, if I can remember. He's not a local California. I, I believe he, well, I think he's over in Marin County, oh, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe if you, he grew up around there. And if you look him up, you'll see he lives on a boat. Oh, wow. Like a in Sausalito house. or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And then uh, what about um, Jack Gibson of Exodus? Oh, is, is that yeah. A, is that a band I should know? Uh, Exodus? Yeah. Um, they're one of the top very, very heavy, heavy, heavy hard metal. metal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't listen to that enough to be aware of all those bands. But, and uh, he's a bassist. Oh. So he's he's wonderful. He, I've also written um, an article about him, um, worked with him with that. Um, and he also has a couple projects of his own that he does too. I think it's Coffin Hunters. Oh, So Wow. So even during all this, they're not, obviously they're not playing live shows, but they're probably doing their face, uh, YouTube and Facebook. That's so correct. So people can watch their stuff. And he moved to Tennessee. So oh. he's, he's working with, on different projects in Tennessee, but his family lives in Marysville, Sacramento area. Oh. So he comes back, he goes back and forth. Yeah. Cause I remember when we talked the last time, uh, I think it's been a, a couple of years ago or year and a half, that was around the time of the the big show down at Discovery Park. Oh, yeah. Every October. Aftershock. Aftershock, yeah. Uh-huh, you were going to go interview people there. Mm-hmm. You probably did. I did. And then last year would have had one, too. Mm-hmm. Did you do that one, last too? Last year, I did not. I was working that day, and I was so disappointed. Right. But you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I was always surprised at how large, how big of a name bands were there. Oh, yeah. And they were big names. It's a fun show to cover. Yeah. It really is. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. So, so now I'm also curious about this photography book. When did you get um, into the photography stuff? Because I was a high school photographer. Um, I started doing that when it got harder and harder to utilize photographer's photos and then i'm like well shoot i'm gonna have to do this myself another thing i'm gonna have to put oh, on you my mean list. like paying for stock photos I'm and getting a photo that plus getting them uh booked to be able to to do the photo for you right and then oh because they were so busy yes oh, okay or utilizing their photo and then they they'd want um, different percentages and things of that nature, and I figured, well, the heck with it. I could fly there and do it myself for that price. So right, right. I bought my cameras and um, went in and found instructors at Chico State um, and got a lot of information from major photographers on how to utilize the, the instruments and the oh, right. cameras. And yeah, so I'm learning. So how long has the Photography book about before 1904 architecture. How long has that been in the works? About a year. And do you have it in the point where you're putting it together to be printed? That's correct. That's the cool thing about printed, about picture books is online books are fun, but not for picture books. Right. Printed is more fun. You got to take. So we're coming up on that second break. We'll be right back on Business Buzz. Stay tuned. When talking with friends about the gospel, it's helpful to describe the blessings that Jesus offers. Here's Alistair Begg. 
There is no salvation for sin save in this Christ. There is no place a man or woman may go to bring their checkered past save here in the embrace of this Jesus. Listen Wednesday to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge, defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Davis. The Texas legislature never repealed its state statute defining abortion as a crime, despite the 1973 Supreme Court case legalizing abortion. Well, several pro-abortion groups in the state are suing pro-lifers for defining abortion as a crime in Texas, claiming defamation. Now, eight pro-life individuals are suing these groups to protect their free speech rights. It is entirely truthful in Texas, and not defamation, to describe abortionists as engaging in criminal activity. Join Pacific Justice Institute in prayer for our nation. Visit PJI.org. PJI provides legal representation without charge. Get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at PJI.org. Welcome to the Temple Treasury with Bob and Jay. That's right, Bob. We're waiting for the rich man to arrive. Boy, listen to that crowd roar. Yes, the rich man is a favorite around here. He and his servants are approaching the money bin. Wow, listen to that money pour in. That's because he uses coins to emphasize how much he's giving. Look, here comes the official judge's score. What? I don't believe this. He scored zero? The crowd's not happy at all about this one. Oh, wait. There seems to be an elderly woman approaching the money bin. I think she's the widow that lives near here. She sure doesn't bring much fanfare. Actually, I don't think anyone's aware she's down there. She's dropping in what seems to be two silver coins. No, Bob, those are copper coins. Pennies? She's only giving pennies? Oh, wait, the judge is giving her a score. A ten? What she gave barely compares to the rich man. Boy, that judge must have a different standard than we do. When it comes to what you give to God, how do you score? Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. We're talking today with Jordana Lobisi, and she's she's doing a lot of writing. And I'm always impressed with people who can write and uh, you know keep and keep up the good work. I've been a amateur writer for a long time, but I to actually finish a project is really the hardest part. So your photographer now your other big book that I talked to you about a while back is inextinguishable. Inextinguishable. It's technically a book of fiction, but you're writing it based on a real life story. Is that right? Yes. And that one I take frequent breaks from. It's a personal story for me. So it hits home in so many ways. So once I start writing something, it brings things back. So I do take 
frequent breaks on it to get the writing really good. So right. it's not emotional writing. Right. It has to come from a neutral place. So do you find yourself uh, editing more than once? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go back yeah. at least 10 times. That's Now, before know. you actually publish a, a work like that that you've spent that much time on, you probably will use an outside editor to... I was a court reporter, so <laughs> I edit and prove my own work, and okay. that's the reason why I go th- through it at least 10 times. Right. I'm editing and proofing while, while I'm doing it, making right. sure it's constructed correctly. Right. But the, the biggest part is the legal liability. That's why you want to make sure it's in fiction and you want to make sure that you have it insured correctly. So that's with any book. Oh, okay. So. so in other words, you have to make sure you've changed all the names? Yes. And the locations? Exactly. And that becomes a little hard. It's hard because there's a story that you're working that's from. Right. That, yeah. But to rethink the entire thing. That's uh that's interesting. It's a tough one. So a fiction book like that and I I don't even need to get into the actual because that would be a great book. So my, my point of doing the finishing, which I've never really done, what's, what's that like to finish what you're doing? Like when you when you fill out an art, when you've mm-hmm. written an article, you've edited it. Uh-huh. Of course, with, with your magazine writing, you've got a deadline, right? That's right. So you have to. Oh, yeah. And you're, as soon as the PDFs are ready, then you have to concentrate on the social media. And in my case, I have four different social media pages with almost 50,000 people for exposure. Let's say you take one band and they have four people, five people in there. If they're all doing their job correctly within the band, they should have 5,000 friends, up to 5,000 followers. That means an additional 50,000 on top of my 50,000. Right. Then you got to have to go to Twitter. You've got to get the advertisements for it. It goes on and on. Right. Yeah. So every time you publish an article, you have to go through those steps of the social media That's connecting. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yes. Wow. A lot of work. Right. Hmm. That's amazing. So I'm going to ask about Joey Petonato. Mm-hmm. What, what does he do? Uh, he, um, he, a.k.a. J.J. Savage. So Joey Petonato, a.k.a. Joey, uh, J.J. Savage. That's what his stage name is. Okay. Um, he is a heavy metal vocalist, um, and he's super good at what he does. He's creative. Uh, I believe he's the up-and-coming next generation of metal. Is he a young, younger Oh, type? yeah. Oh. And he's, you know, there's like Liliac. This is the thing. You can have decline of the music industry on one side. On the other side, you're seeing such great artists. And um, you can tell when you watch their performances, they're, they're going to, you know, there's something different about these artists. artists. So they're, they're right. going to, they can actually make it and break through like the 70s artists did. Right. Something very special about them. Right. I noticed that on YouTube. I can't recall the name, but there's a band of, they look like brothers from Australia, and they play a bunch of cover tunes, uh-huh. like down on the beach. Yeah, and they're really good, uh-huh. singing and playing. Yeah, I'm always amazed how good these people are, but they're only teenagers. Well, you find a songwriter, and that's a diamond in the rough. Well, that's the problem that I ran into because I used to do amateur music, and mm-hmm. I wanted to write songs, but 
the guys in my band weren't into that. Yeah. They wanted to write the songs, and I was just the bass player. Oh. So. <laughs> well. I didn't have enough clout. Uh-oh. But, um, yeah, I've always, uh, when I listen to music, yeah, the songwriters are the ones I'm always the most impressed mm-hmm. with. Because that's yeah. just about my person. So do most of the people you interview, they're pretty much all songwriters too, right? I mean, a lot of most them. of them, yeah. And it, it's a really interesting position. I won't say job uh, because it, there are times when it feels like, but more often than not, than not, I love what I do. Right. So it's not really a job. Um, and the fortunate thing is I do get to spend time with the various artists and get to know them on a personal level in order to write these pieces. Right. Yeah, that that makes it fun. Yeah. When you actually, you know, talk mm-hmm. to them and find out about them. Yeah. Of course, being a good interviewer, you're doing that to make sure the interview is quality. Exactly. So when you make up your questions, you're not just using canned questions. No. Right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you meet Let's say you have an idea to interview a musician. Uh-huh. How do you go about contacting that person? Um, usually through social media or their publicist. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of times I'll go directly to the artists themselves. Are some of these people you've interviewed friends of other ones you have interviewed exactly. and they introduce you? They're all linked. Right. Um, sometimes I don't like to go by friends of friends because... It, it's not really, I don't like to throw names out there. I go based on what my work is. Right. And because I've done so much, I really rest on that rather than who I know. So um, such as with um, Jack Russell, Robbie Lochner and friends, I contacted um, the publicist, their publicist contacted me. Right. Oh. And got uh, me in touch with Robbie Lochner, who called me, and we discussed um, what he was looking for as far as the exposure of the band. And um, I told him what I do. And So the publicist, had you worked with that publicist before? No. He found you through the articles you'd written? The publicist did, yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty good, yeah. So in certain times, then, some of this comes to you. Yes, it is. Right. So that's, that's right. great. So you have them coming to you sometimes, uh-huh. and then sometimes you're looking the, out. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the type, it seems like the type of music, I mean, Great White is a little more mainstream, you know, I mean, I wouldn't call them heavy metal, even mm-hmm. though they're kind of rock. Like classic rock So what rock. kind of music did you listen to when you were in high school? Heavy metal. <laughs> that, that's, that was going to be mm-hmm. my guess. <laughs> Testament, Exodus. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> and now the Zach Waters band, I've heard of them too. Yes. Is Zach Waters a... Uh, what, what what's he like? What's oh, he, he falls all about? into the he falls into the category of one of those very 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 special artists that are up and coming, extremely talented songwriter, um, guitarist from Sacramento. Um, I had looked him up, found him, listened to his music, researched him, uh, wrote an article on him that was article number one. I had no idea was I was friends with his dad on social media. His dad came to me and said, hey, my son's in this band. Do you want to write about him? And he said his name. I said, what? I said, I already know Zach. <laughs> I said, but I'd love to do an updated story yeah. on him. So that's what happened. So oh, I did great. another. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with a band named Cake? No. They're from Sacramento. That's oh. why I mentioned it. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Vaguely. Sheeps Vaguely. Go to Heaven. 
Okay. They got some weird songs. Uh-huh. Kind of sounds familiar. That'd be an interesting one, too. That Cause, would. Because the last I saw of them, it was an article somewhere, and uh, it was when they had bought a small suburban house in Sacramento and turned it into their studio. Oh, boy. And uh, What happened uh, to the neighbors? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't figure that one out, but they probably soundproofed it or something. I hope. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was just... There's a couple bands from Sacramento that I think of because of you talking about people from there, but mm-hmm. Cake was one of them. And, uh, Tesla. Tesla and the other one about the fly, the song about the fly. I'll think of it. Okay. I'll, I'll think <laughs> of it. So we're coming up on that third break. We're going to get back to talking a little bit more about some local history with Jordana and what she is... Um, getting going for the rest of her writing career so stay tuned to business buzz we'll be right back This is Pastor Chris Kinson. We are now conducting outdoor services because of the recent restrictions placed on indoor activities by the Governor of California. Our services are now held earlier, at 10 a.m. Sunday mornings. Because we are outside, there will be background noises, such as the traffic and the wind blowing on the microphone. But this is the new reality. Our program is called Your Message for Today and will be broadcast on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We hope that you enjoy the Bible-based teaching and preaching that will be featured on these programs. We'd also like to extend to you an invitation to come and visit us at Community Church of God, 1095 East Avenue in Chico. Our services are 10 a.m. Sundays. Come and worship with Community Church of God, and may God richly bless you. God bless you. 911, what is your emergency? In an emergency, you call 911. But what about life's other problems? When crisis hits, or tragedy, or life just gets to be too much, people often turn to Christian media like Christian Radio. And we're glad to be here as a lifeline to offer answers. But our programs can only be here for them when people just like you send regular financial support. So thanks for helping us be there for someone who might need a spiritual 911. Tell your friends about Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. We have an author here, and uh, it's been uh, it's been a while since I've actually talked with her. I'm still a little bit curious on the inextinguishable book. How much? What do you think? Where? What stage do you think you're in? When might we have that one to read? Because oh, I've been boy. I've been hearing it's, about that one. That's now. correct. Um, he, you know, when I say that story is not over with, there's something, it really is not over with. There's one more element that I'm waiting for, and only time can can take care of that. Okay, if so it doesn't in real end, life, it really hasn't finalized oh yeah, yet. That's correct. So the fictional I could characters. make up the ending, but that would be no fun. Right. <laughs> you know? So when you say insurance, you do you cover yourself when you're writing a fiction book? 
That's correct. That's based on some real life stuff. You actually ensure that? You never know because you try to be smart when you're writing. And especially with my legal background, you don't want to point too much to different people or indicate or have, you know, the, um, your finger pointing to certain people so much that they can be identified. Right. You want to make sure that it's a neutral book too. Right. Um, Because maybe the way that I see it is not necessary, you know, and you, you try to stick to facts, but you know, there's some things you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Right. So it's best to get it insured oh, okay. as with anything. That, yeah. I, I have never gotten that far because I've yeah. never tried to write. I've never tried to write a fiction, oh, let yeah. alone a fiction about something mm-hmm. that actually happened. Mm-hmm. So you never know. <laughs> so what was it like being a court reporter listening to, did you have to deal with like some gory stories of like um, murderers or was it a civil court? It was thing? federal court and a lot of it was patent infringement. Uh-huh. Um, DeBolt Incorp. So if you look at my name, you'll see the transcripts for DeBolt Incorp, which was a huge patent infringement oh, who, case. Oh, who was the plaintiff in that one? Was uh, It was um, the... the was it- DeBold was the, the defendant? De, yes. DeBold, okay. DeBold Incorp was suing somebody else over a patent infringement. Oh, case. wow. So those were those were federal cases. It was interesting, but hard to determine when they say DISC. Do you want D-I-C-K or D-I-C-D-I? Right. Right. C-D. Right. Wow. So. I mean, I can imagine how complicated that would get. But, I know. Yeah. You know. So let's just kind of look at your the publishing house of merch mag that's mm-hmm. where you're uploading your interviews to well that do they com- decide which magazine it goes in so merch mag is a vehicle that people use when you want to publish you go to merch mag and you upload your pdf file you set the price um, they have their price per page and right. then you put your cost on top of it that right. you wish to make. So that's how you price your, your items. Absolutely. So each interview or story you do is an individual thing you upload and price separately. They're all compilations. Mm-hmm. They're, it's bi-monthly now. So the chain's required metal magazine or rock and research are bi-monthly. And oh, so, okay. is, so is Gold Star Rocks. Mm-hmm. The two months makes it feel like um, I'm not stepping on myself while I'm trying to get the stories in good writing. Right. Yeah, because if you were so, doing it twice a month, it would be... I was doing it monthly. Oh, it's yeah. too much. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, with the with the virus and everything, have you talked in some of these recent interviews with these musicians? What do they say about mm-hmm. it? Do they... Um, are they upset about it? Or are they? I'm sure they wish they were playing live. They, of course, and um, you, you're, that's where you're seeing a lot of different things um, out there, all the way across all job categories. You're seeing a lot of, you know, depression, um, things where you know people don't know what to do with themselves because they're so used to having a fan base, and without them, they're, you know, at the shows. They're, they're trying to, um, they're grasping at other things. And it's difficult sometimes to watch. Um, but like I said, a lot of them are working and coming up with a lot of really good music. Right. And do you find, if you get that far with them, do you find a spectrum of political views amongst these musicians? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have some yeah. that are, like Ted Nugent's kind of mm-hmm. a Republican. Oh, yeah. So you have some that are sort of right 
and some that are left. And then everything in between. Right. So just like All every other long. group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering. It's wonderful. You know, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of people would think, well, if they're a musician, they must be a left-leaning style, but you never you know. You got all kinds, because a lot own their own businesses. Right. They were, you know, they, you're seeing all different people, all different right. kinds of people. Yeah. Well, that's that's really cool, because uh, like I say, I used to do um, some <laughs> high school publications, and I was a photographer in high school, and I had a little dark room, and but... I didn't do a lot of writing back mm-hmm. then. I didn't do a lot of interviewing or anything. So what would be one of your favorite interviews and, and why? I mean, who, who like stands out as someone who was really interesting or um, something like that? You know, that, that's an easy one. I've always answered Delana. Delana um, is an artist that's so unique. She was the one that had won um, rocks, came up as the runner-up on Rockstar Supernova years ago. Oh, I remember her. And she's a songwriter, and she is my favorite artist. She really is. She's a great songwriter. She's a great person. Um, and she's so unique. She does acting, too, by the way. But um, I've always said she's she's been my favorite interview. And I actually had to track her down. She gave me... Um, I can't remember what country she was in, Portugal or somewhere. She is, so I had to call when I interviewed her. And it took me like 10, 12 times. I was literally crying right, to dial because the right digits, I couldn't get right? through. I was like, what is wrong with me? Right. And finally, I got hold of her. She was walking on the beach when I interviewed her. Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah, Delana, is that her name? Delana. Yeah. Was she, a, she an American? Uh, she is Australia. I don't want to get this wrong. So yeah, it might I, be Australian or something. Yes, D I L A N A. Yeah, I remember. Her. Mm-hmm. I remember that show. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, the guy who won mm-hmm. didn't end up doing much. I remember that. Lucas was if he? That's the? correct. Yeah. I don't know where he is. Yeah, yeah, because I on the first rock star, um, we were so into that that we actually uh, went down and saw In Excess and. Oakland. Oh, yeah. When they came with mm-hmm. uh, J.D. Fortune. Yes. Yeah. And he was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. So what are your plans? Uh, what are your plans for your writing? I mean, we know you're going to keep doing all these interviews. Right. You're going to finish Inextinguishable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you're going to publish your photography mm-hmm. book. Now, when you do that, are you going to, like, print up a box of 100 and sell them in local stores? Or are you going to... Try to sell it, them on Amazon be, or something? It'll be online as well. I'm trying to grow the publications um, and gain exposure, uh, gain footing in the industry, and then eventually reach out to different bookstores if they still exist. Right. Who but knows? you will do some printed copies yes. for sure, right? Yes. But yeah. what's interesting is Robert Graysmith um, wrote, uh, it took him 10 years to write about the serial killer in, um, gosh, where was it? In Castro Valley or some Benicia? I can't remember what yeah. that was. Ten years to write that book. Right. Hopefully it won't take me that long. Right. <laughs> so Inextinguishable could Inextinguishable. stretch out based on it's, what yes. happens. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to ask, I don't want to give away the plot, but is what happens because there's still trials going on or it's still investigations? It's because certain people are still being protected. They have twenty four seven security around them since since a murder trial. Right. 
Wow. And you have to wonder why. That's going to really, that book, that's going to be a good one because I remember the story from mm -hmm. before and it really sounds exciting and, I mean, it's depressing and bad, but the book itself sounds exciting. The characters are all crazy. Right. Everybody's (laughs) nuts, right? They're all crazy. Was the victim kind of crazy too, or I, you know, I hate to. Say it, no, there, I don't want to give There were some issues. Yeah. There were there were some issues there. Right. But oh. we know a lot of the other folks are nuts. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they aren't. Well, I won't go into detail. Yeah. They aren't in places you would expect nuts to be in. That's correct. That's the problem. <laughs> it's correct. Every <laughs> that day. That seems to happen place. a lot. <laughs> I know in it life. does. Yeah. Compartmentalizing. <laughs> right. Well, it's kind of like there's so many weird stories these days, and it's like when you read that the Boy Scouts went bankrupt because they're going to have all these molesting lawsuit, molestation lawsuits. Oh, I know. It doesn't get any worse than that. No. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people who are Boy Scout, you know, gung-ho. Mm-hmm. They were always helping their kids, and they yeah. did a lot of traveling and volunteered to be Boy Scout helpers. They must really be upset to hear but you that. Don't, and, and then again, sometimes on the surface, things look really squeaky clean and um, totally different right? And, underneath. And the other thing they, they, I say they say, but you know, the other thing you hear is the people that you should trust the most are the ones you probably should trust the least you really in some of these to, positions. It's all about learning how to be... Um, your own person, learning to live alone, learning how to not um, depend on right. people. Unfortunately, young people end up being victims a lot. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. See, when if you want to see, I won a poetry contest too. Oh, yeah. Once. That's what you were saying once. But day. yeah, it, um, it was more of a comedy poem. Uh-huh. And it was, it was actually pretty funny. I, I'm upset that I don't have a, a printed copy of it and I don't have a audio because I was on. KNEW in the Bay Area because uh-huh. I won the contest. So oh, I got wow. to read my poem. Uh, and it was actually kind of funny because it was based on when Geraldine Ferraro was the first vice presidential oh, nominee. Yeah. So uh-huh. I made up a little funny poem with um, sexist jokes about a woman in the White House. Uh-huh. Not not dirty sexist, <laughs> just like who's going to iron the president's pants, stuff oh, like that. Boy. And oh, it was no. it, it was kind of funny, but uh, so I'm curious. You the topic you won a contest with in high school, yes, wasn't personally related to you, no. But you must have known somebody. I mean, is that where that kind of came from? Yes, I was just absolutely. curious. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a personal poem for me, and right. um, when I hit the send button, and um, I never expected to have won that contest, right? So. Well, that's how things well, like that work. The the it's not always the writing itself, but it's mm-hmm. the topic. Yeah. Like these days, if there's a contest these days, and you put the topic mm-hmm. like as COVID nineteen, yeah, you're more likely to get selected. Yeah. You know stuff like that. I know. Yeah. Well, I mm. I try to avoid politics when I talk business because mm-hmm. I don't want to alienate half of the audience one way or the other. Yeah. I could probably. It's a tough I could probably alienate them all if I started really yakking. Exactly. So I, so well, I don't me do too. Over here, so I'll just yeah. So uh, we're coming up to the end of the hour. So what are the other? What else are you working on right now? I mean, we know you're working on a photography book. Yes. Uh, Inextinguishable, the fiction that's based on a true story, and you've got all these 
articles you're writing uh-huh. a lot and that's keeping you busy. Yeah. So what's your goal for the next few years in your writing world? What do you, what so, else do you want to do? Um, building the publishing house. Um, also putting more merchandise in the magazines. Oh, right. Um, we didn't talk about that on yeah. the air. So you're actually getting merchandise set up to where you can make some extra income by orders. Yes. Of like t-shirts and stuff. Absolutely. The ones that I just, um, that are being printed right now, I should ha- have them this week. They say, come on, man. Right. Um, and then um, text Joe at 30330. Right. And those are red shirts. And right. then, as I said, I'm going to get blue ones and right. put some things that Trump says on it. Got to get them out before it. November. To be fair. That's yeah. right. right. So right. those will be put up. I already have a waiting list for those. Oh, good. So, yeah. And then what I what I do is um, I hire models to wear them, and then I put those in the magazine. So, right. again, it gives the models exposure. But oh, good. More products in the magazines, building yeah. my writing house. Now, do the models get paid before there's any sales? or No. Um, it's exposure, and there right. there are occasional ones that do. Um, let's say it's you know somebody that you know maybe it's a gift certificate that they need, or right. that you know things of that nature. Yeah. it's interesting. Traits. It's interesting how the economy these days works on a lot of independent, do your own thing. Uh, right. There's a name for it, but you know the uh-huh. whole younger generation is kind of a independent group doing their own stuff. Yeah, like when I need help on my computer, mm-hmm. I meet the most interesting young people that are working on Mm -hmm. computers. Well, we're all out of time for business buzz. I want to thank Jordana for being here. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time on business buzz.
KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Beta has weakened to a tropical depression, but it has dropped a lot of rain along the Texas Gulf Coast. The storm has been relatively stationary and has left more than 10 inches of rain in parts of Houston. Seems more like Imelda from last year. Um, It's serious in some spots. You should avoid those spots. Adam Matter avoided those spots, and Laura Jones almost ran into high water. But I was really surprised to see trails I go down that I almost went down a few times were completely flooded. So that was kind of scary. I'm like, oh, let me turn around. The storm is moving on to states like Louisiana. It's called Beta because forecasters ran out of traditional storm names last week, forcing the use of the Greek alphabet for only the second time since the 1950s. I'm Ed Donahue. 